Welcome to the latest episode of APPA's Public Power Now podcast. I'm Paul Schimpoli, News Director at APPA. Our guest on this episode is Tony Guillen, General Manager for the City of Tallahassee's Electric and Gas Utility Division. Tony, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me, Paul. It's a pleasure being here. Great. So, Tony, um, just to kind of get our conversation started, could you talk about your career path uh, leading to your current position um, with the City of Tallahassee? Yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, I went, uh, I've got a Bachelor's of Science in Electrical Engineering from the University of Florida. Um, I graduated way back in uh, 91. Um, and uh, coming out of school, uh, like a lot of engineers, didn't quite exactly know ex- what I want to get into or was able to find a job, actually. Uh, moved back down to South Florida. And um, uh, shortly after moving down there, I was able to get a job with the city of Homestead uh, Electric Utilities um, as a, obviously an entry-level engineer. And uh, so started out my career in, uh, in public power with them. Um, if, if you kept caught on to the timing there, uh, so I started in Homestead in 91. So fast forward a little bit to 92, and I was working for the city of Homestead when Hurricane Andrew uh, came through. Uh, Category five, it went right through the city of Homestead. So I quickly learned about storm restoration and mutual aid, and actually had this great opportunity to meet uh, a bunch of different utilities, um, uh, folks from different utilities uh, throughout the state of Florida that had come down to help. And uh, so shortly after the restoration effort was done, late 92, early 93, uh, I saw an opportunity up here in the city of Tallahassee in uh, in North uh, Florida, up in the Panhandle. And um, uh, I applied and was able to move move up north and and, uh, move away from South Florida um, and uh, join the city of Tallahassee then. Um, I was here for a couple of years and and, uh, like a lot of young engineers thought, well, let me try something else for a little bit. and, And for Probably 96 to 2002, I, I left the city, uh, did some communications infrastructure work with the state, with some consulting work, but um, but realized that I kind of missed the work I was doing with utilities, missed working in my community uh, instead of uh, doing work nationwide with, you know, uh, consulting work, that kind of thing. So um, I was uh, got hired back on uh, by the city in, in, uh, in 2002, back into the electric department. Uh, as a staff engineer, um, and then slowly started kind of pr- progressing through, uh, moved into operations management uh, several years later. And and uh, by 2009, I, I had the opportunity to become a um, uh, manager of system reliability and transmission services with City Electric. So one of the C- senior level management position uh, and, uh, and really kind of in- enjoyed doing that work. Um, uh, an opportunity came um, with a retirement, and I got uh, moved over to be manager of operations here with the city. Uh, you know, overall, all of our, our operations at the time. Uh, and then, uh, lo and behold, in 2016, uh, another opportunity came up with uh, Talquin Electric Cooperative um, to be their director of engineering and operations. Uh, so I ended up leaving the city uh, for a second time, and uh, and went over to work for Talquin. Um, Talquin's the co-op that surrounds. Uh, our service territory. So I stayed in the area, stayed in contact with everybody. Was real good friends with uh, Rob McGarrett, the former general manager here at Talquin. I worked for him for years, and we stayed. Or excuse me, here at the city of Tallahassee. Um, but we stayed close. And, uh, and then when he retired last year, uh, um, I put my name in the hat, and uh, 
came back for a for a third time. Uh, got hired back on by the city, and I've been the, the general manager since. Uh, coming up on roughly eight months now since I've been back. Um, so it's been a little circuitous trip, but uh, uh, but I've it's get, allowed me to kind of learn a lot of different areas cooperations. Uh, the time working for a co-op, I thought. Uh, it served me well because I got to learn a lot about how they operate and uh, um, the things that they do, uh, see the commonalities that we have and the differences with public power. So I, I learned uh, an immense amount and I think it's it's uh, serving me well. Um, but again, I've had the opportunity to kind of touch all sorts of different areas of operation within, within a few different utilities and, and most specifically within City Electric. And uh, um, when I got hired back on, I, I I think I was received more as an internal candidate than someone coming from the outside, which I thought was a benefit. As you know, the the, the big project these days in, in the city of Tallahassee involves um, development of a clean energy plan. Um, so could you talk about um, the plan and, and more specifically what the plan calls for? Yes, yes, of course. Um, and you're right. It, it is one of the biggest things that that, uh, uh, that we're working on. Um, it's it's set it's uh, basically driving a lot of what our future goals are and, and how we're operating. Um, so around uh, 2019 timeframe, this our city commission um, uh, uh, set a, um, uh, a target of achieving 100% net clean renewable energy uh, by 2050. Uh, and uh, of course, with an understanding, there's a lot of work to be done, and that it's going to be dependent on technological advancements. And you know the rate at which the cost of renewable energy uh, and storage uh, become available, and and uh, and how those prices become competitive. Um, but uh, so that that was a long term goal, that 2050 goal uh, to be 100% uh, net clean renewable. Um, but they did set some intermediate goal, uh, a, a couple of intermediate goals. Um, so uh, they there's a 2035 kind of interim time frame we've been look, we're looking at. Uh, where we're targeting operation of all city facilities using 100% renewable energy. Um, we're also uh, targeting 2035 to shift all the city's light duty vehicles to 100% electric. Uh, and then the, the third piece, the third specific goal is the uh, shift the city's bus fleet, uh, our fixed route buses to 100% electric uh, by 2035. Uh, we've actually made pretty good progress on, on those uh, what I'd call that those specific interim goals. Um, we have a 60 watt, 60 megawatt solar farm that um, um, that we get. Uh, we have a power purchase agreement uh, with a company named Dorages, and uh, it's a subscription service farm. The way we've been operating it, so we've actually got all the city facilities fully subscribed out of the uh, out of our solar farm. So essentially, we've reached our our 100% renewable energy goal for the city facilities. Um, and then on the city bus fleet, uh, we've got a handful of our fixed route buses already as electric. But uh, interesting enough, we have a contract with uh, one of the local universities, Florida State University, where we provide their bus service. And the entire fleet for Florida, Florida State University is, is electric already. So we've been making some good progress there. And uh, we, we think those 2035 in, interim goals are clearly achievable as we work towards that 2050 long-term goal. You know, as you know, storage is increasingly getting paired with, with renewables. Are, is, is there any thought or discussion about um, storage, uh, perhaps a utility scale, being deployed in Tallahassee, um, either as part of this plan or, or even not necessarily directly related to it? 
Yeah, so you're absolutely right. Storage is, is a big part of the discussion. Um, the, well, we're in the process now. Um, uh, we, we've, we've been doing this kind of specific way of trying to develop what we're calling our, our clean energy uh, roadmap um, that we're um, targeting to have that done by um, uh, late this summer, early fall, uh, and actually take that back to our commission and, and to the community. And what we've been doing is it, it, there's two significant parts. So first one is kind of the community outreach. Uh, we need our stakeholder input. Uh, we have uh, environmental groups in town. Um, we have neighborhood groups, uh, the universities, um, all sorts of different stakeholders, businesses that we want their input as to what what we want this roadmap to kind of uh, to, to to look like, and and let them know all the different you know different things how they might be impacting different decisions that we make. Um, so that's kind of the first part we've been spending a lot of work on. Um, but the other part was we are in, uh, also in the middle of an uh, an EIRP, an Energy Integrated Resource Plan. Uh, we've hired a consultant, uh, and they're looking at uh, uh, at the key components that are going to be required for that. Ultimately, what we're doing with with our energy. So that you know, it's a long way to get to saying that yes. So one of those components is um, uh, battery uh, resources, you know, uh, renewable energy resources in some fashion. Um, and what we've identified is that while those concepts and ideas are there, clearly it's it's not there yet. Uh, and and uh, and even when we're done with our ERP, it's going to be more of a what we're looking towards and and what things we can start trying to to identify to do. So we haven't set anything in stone yet. Uh, we haven't identified any projects, but um, we feel that by the end of the summer we'll start targeting those things that we want to do. Um, and we're constantly reaching out to other partners uh, um, and and talking to them about. If they're doing solar projects, are they looking at, at battery uh, and what what options we might have, and see if there's options that we can get involved in? Um, and we've also started having some conversations with with uh, um, the universities here, uh, Florida State University and and uh, and FAMU uh, have a joint engineering program here, uh, so we're we're seeing if we can't leverage some work with them to do some some developmental work on batteries, maybe doing some testing. So all those things are on the table. Um, we're just in that plan. That's that part right now where we're trying to lay out what that roadmap is going to look like so that we start heading in the right direction, knowing that um, it's going to be somewhat fluid, right? As, as technologies come on board, as, uh, um, as they become more, um, uh, more cost effective, uh, more well, well developed, uh, then, then we can either pivot or uh, adopt them or, you know, change change the way we we do things, but um, we figure this will get us going in that that right direction uh, and give us that target that 2050 target that we're uh, we're pinpointing. Um, so, just switching topics uh, and looking specifically at reliability, um, one of the things that jumped out at me in terms of, of preparing for this interview and doing research is the fact that um, the city of Tallahassee's electric utility has earned the diamond level. Reliable public power provider designation from APPA, which is the highest level of achievement. Um, so, in that context, could you talk about how the utility maintains high levels of reliability? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, there's different things we, we look at. The, the 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 first one, the obvious one that I think most people would would, would think come to mind when you're talking about reliability is uh, what we're actually doing physically for for reliability, right? So, um, you know, we do a lot of uh, data analysis 
in making sure, you know, tracking our, our Sadie, Katie safety numbers um, and have our targets for the year. Uh, and then and, and look at how their different circuits are impacted. Um, and uh, so that we're, we're focusing our efforts in the right places. So, so we're looking at those numbers and then making sure that we're staying on track and doing, doing all the right things. Um, we've, uh, with that effort, through that effort, uh, we went ahead and uh, about seven or eight years ago, um, brought, uh, brought a distributed distribution automation uh, on our system. And that was really focused on those circuits that we thought would get the biggest bang for the buck. Uh, places where we were having some reliability issues, um, and, uh, and we thought they'd give us the best improvement, brought on those, the, the DA, uh, and then started tracking and started seeing improvements there. So, so that's kind of that obvious of like being very specific as to knowing what reliability targets we want to achieve and then tracking them and then, uh, following up, make sure we're doing the work in the right places. Um, but the other things we also look at is, is more, uh, of how we, how we operate, right. Um, our, our safety program and our safety culture is, uh, um, it's something we're always working on, working to improve. Well, we do very well. Uh, we're recognized as, as one of the safety leaders with the state uh, through our, our uh, statewide organization, FMEA. Um, we continue to do that. That's a, a nonstop focus because, again, you know, all you need is, is one accident, uh, one, one significant issue to happen, and, and it, it impacts your reliability, right? If the guys are out there trying to restore power, they're doing something and they get uh, they they uh, they don't do it right. Uh, um, we have an accident, somebody gets hurt, it slows everything down. The last thing we we focus in on is is uh, is reliability, and we just have to focus on on uh, on getting folks safe again. So so we keep that at the forefront. Um, the other thing uh, we do is um you know workforce development, right? Uh, training uh, of our folks uh, from our engineers and trainings so that they're doing design projects that are uh, that are built properly, they're going to be built safe, uh, and that, that they're going to be reliable. Um, also, all the way down our, our uh, apprenticeship programs. Um, we've got uh, state-certified apprentice programs for our, uh, at different positions. Uh, we've had this for, for quite a while. They're five-year programs, um, line workers, meter techs, substation techs, power plant operators, power plant maintenance techs, a relay techs, and then we just uh, developed a uh, for our gas utility uh, gas technician apprenticeship program. Um, that training is significant because that's our that's our workforce out in the field, and uh, and uh, we want them doing all the right things, having all the right tools, all, all the right resources, and know how to use them. And because uh, um, they're they're the ones who keep our system reliable, uh, keep our customers in service. Then the last part is. And I kind of alluded to this a little bit with the with the distribution automation is, is system improvements. Um, we've got a pretty robust capital work plan uh, where we're, we're constantly looking at um, either substation refurbishment, uh, any transmission work that we have to do, um, any generation work that that we have to do. Make sure that we keep all of our our resources, um, you know, up to date, uh, maintained, uh, and, and and operational. Um, so. Um, you know, tie all those things together. And I think that's what's kind of led us to, to being recognized as a um, uh, diamond level uh, reliable public power provider. Um, and uh, it's, you know, I, years ago, I, I in, in a prior position here with the city, um, I remember working through uh, the, the RP3 award um, and, uh, and doing the application and, and it covers a lot 
And it's a, it's a great program because it makes us think through all those things that we need to be doing uh, to be reliable. So practically the effort to, to, to gather all our data, make sure we're doing all the right things. That's, that's another step in, in, in making us a reliable public power provider in all honesty. So you, you mentioned, uh, among other things, workforce development, and, and this is a follow-up question. It's not tied directly to reliability, but yeah. just curious, as this is a hot topic, obviously, in the utility sector these days, any um, comments on you know, where things stand in terms of things like uh, recruitment and retention? Yeah, that's, yeah you're, you, nailed, you nailed it uh, as far as a hot topic goes. Yeah. Between clean energy and recruitment and retention, uh, this become a full-time job. Right. Uh, um, so yeah, we're, we're like anybody else, right? It, it's uh, it's the last couple of years in particular, you know, coming out of the pandemic, we, we, uh, you know, we, we've struggled in, in trying to fill, fill positions. Um, so, you know, we're trying different things in, in, uh, in, in reaching out to, to different, uh, trying to be more aggressive engineering positions are difficult to fill. Um, it's not, um, uh, a field that a lot of young engineers are looking to get into getting getting into the power industry. So um, we're all, we're trying to get more aggressive in reaching out to universities. We've got a couple of universities in town, but again, they don't have a strong power program per se. So we have to get a little creative uh, with them. Um, we've also started reaching out on the operation side, um, some of the pre-apprentice programs that are out there and being more direct uh, going out to them so that we can try and find Folks, as they're finishing those programs, um, and, uh, and 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 try and recruit them into our workforce, especially if we can find someone local who's going through that that kind of work. Um, it, it's something we're uh, we're working closely with with our our HR department uh, and our, our diversity and inclusion department is is uh, is how to get that that outreach out there. Because um, if we just sit and a- advertising alone doesn't doesn't get us where where we need to be, um, and then. Then we also then when we've got the employees on board, we want to try to provide them, you know, with a, a good working environment. And part of that is is a, an environment where they think that they're learning and growing. So we're always trying to think of different ways. Um, we've developed a, a leadership training program within the electric uh, and gas utility that we developed several years ago. And every time uh, every new supervisor that we that we have goes through that program. Uh, and, uh, and that's been that's been pretty successful. Um, cause again, it helps with their development and it helps, uh, kind of getting, getting all our, all our folks on the same page when it comes to, uh, leadership and supervision. Um, and then now we're, we're in the process of trying to, uh, um, this year develop a kind of a, a leadership program for that. Um, maybe the best way to put it is, is pre-supervisor folks that, that want to move into leadership positions that maybe feel have potential. We want to try and develop, uh, Kind of an in-house program where um, uh, we can get folks kind of going through this and give them those uh, early early uh, introduction to the skill set that's required. Uh, and then you know they have to if we're expecting buy-in. They, they have to put in the work. Um, doesn't guarantee anything, but it does prepare them. Uh, hopefully uh, for future movement within our organization. And then it, and, uh, the hope is that then that keeps folks engaged and wants them to keep them working here. So we're looking at all of these different things. We haven't found a silver bullet. Constantly talking to our peers uh, and uh, and see if we can find find something. But um, again, that that is a, a hot topic, and and I think it's gotten a little bit uh, uh, a little bit more 
uh, brought to the forefront uh, because of what we've gone through the last the last couple of years uh, and 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 kind of the changing workforce that we're seeing. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, thanks for that. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, you mentioned earlier Hurricane Andrew, and, and as you know, hurricane season is is rapidly approaching. Um, so could you talk about how Tallahassee's utility is preparing for the, the upcoming hurricane season? Yeah, uh, this is good. Yeah, these are these are all obviously they're all great, timely questions. <laughs> but because, um, uh, yeah, we're clearly heading in a, in a hurricane season. Um, I guess step one is, is um, uh, you know, we're always kind of in a mode of, of uh, being able to respond to any any kind of events that occur. So we're kind of constantly trying to to refine and, and, and make sure that, that our, that our folks are prepared. Um, a good instance is just this, this past weekend, we had a, um, uh, a cold front coming through. Um, we do get cold fronts here in Florida, by the way, unfortunately what they do is mainly bring some tornadoes and, and some really bad, bad thunderstorms. Right. But, um, we had to go into the weekend. Um, again, it's not a hurricane, but, but, um, we kind of, uh, uh, make sure everybody goes through their storm response plan, see what their their duties are, because we did have a concern that we could be going into, into um, Saturday morning uh, with with quite a bit of work to do if if uh, if things turned as as bad as they did. Um, we went as far as reaching out to uh, uh, FMEA and uh, put them on notice that we might be requesting mutual aid. Everything worked out. We didn't need to to, to pull any of those triggers, but. Uh, um, the point being is that anytime we have any of those situations, we kind of start kind of slowly activating and, and getting folks in that mindset. Um, longer term, going directly in a, in a hurricane season, um, we are currently in the middle of a review uh, of our of our storm plan. We do this every year, uh, have all the different divisions uh, go through it in, in detail, make sure there's no changes we need to do. We have enough personnel changes that happen throughout the year that want to make sure we're, we're refreshed and we've got folks assigned to the right duties as far as their primary and backup duties and, uh, and see if there's anything that, uh, that we've, we've learned or thought of throughout the year that we think we want to change up or, or implement. Um, then, um, uh, we also, um, so that's the review going with our, with our, uh, the, the other part we're doing right now is also is, uh, reviewing our storm stock. Uh, we try and, and when we head into storm season, we want to have a slightly elevated level of of, uh, of material on hand that, again, if hurricanes don't come through, we don't have bad weather, then we work it down during the year and then bring it back up. That's a challenge this year for, for the uh, um, with all the supply chain issues that are going on. So that's something that we're digging into right now very closely to make sure that we don't uh, get get caught with without uh, some sort of supplies. Or some some plan on how we would handle those, um, and then finally we work a lot very closely with our our statewide partners. Um, I've mentioned FMEA, Florida Municipal Electric Association. Um, they're our statewide association. Um, whenever we get and in, go into uh, storm mode, that's who we reach out to um, uh, with regards to mutual aid. So they have a workshop coming up uh, here in, in the next several months that that we'll attend. Uh, with other state uh, municipal utilities throughout the state and uh, make sure we're all kind of coordinating and, and looking forward to the year. Um, but we also do that with uh, the Florida Coordinating Group, which is a, a, uh, a statewide utility group that involves uh, cooperatives, 
and investor owns as well. And uh, they'll be having a workshop um, as well um, so that we're uh, kind of sharing best practices and making sure that, that everybody's uh, ready to go. Um, we, all, we want to be prepared essentially. So if, if we're going to get hit by a storm, but we also uh, realize that it's, it's important that we're prepared if our neighbors, anybody downstate, um, uh, anybody in the Southeast gets impacted that uh, we can provide the help, help necessary. So, um, so we're also in that mindset of having our crews ready to, to respond uh, to mutual aid. So it's a lot of different things that we're doing this, uh, this time of year. Um, and then come, uh, come the very beginning of hurricane season, uh, we hope we're, uh, we're as ready as we, as we can be. So, uh, Tony, just to, to wrap things up, uh, kind of a bigger picture question for you. Um, could you talk about your uh, short-term and long-term goals as general manager? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. Um, yeah. So, so short-term um, I have a real short-term goal. I've got uh, a, a senior level position that I'm in the process of filling um, to kind of uh, fill up the, the leadership team. Shortly after I came on board, um, uh, I had a vacancy to fill assistant general manager or power delivery. Uh, it's a key role, but, uh, but uh, I consider that a specific goal because um, uh, I want to make sure to get my whole team together, especially going into storm season, and uh, have everybody on board and heading in the right direction. So that's a, a really short-term one. Um, uh, hopefully here within the next few weeks, I'll get that one uh, taken care of. Um, but uh, also another short-term one, and obviously we've talked about this, is, uh, is finalizing and adopting our clean energy uh, roadmap. Uh, again, the plan is to to have something to our city commission um, uh, by the end of this summer. Uh, I, I know we're expecting a pretty good, robust community engagement in it. Uh, you know, folks have different ideas of what this may look like. So we want to provide all the options that we feel are the right way to go uh, and then um, kind of get that. Uh, get get those ideas down a little bit more solid, and then start heading heading in that direction of our clean energy roadmap. So, um, so that's another uh, kind of immediate uh, short term goal. Um, and then the, everything else it turns in a, in a longer term, kind of taking a longer view of um, where I want us to be uh, as a utility and and, uh, and and helping move the city forward. Here at the beginning of the year, uh, I took my team aside and we had kind of a, a two-day strategic planning uh, session where we kind of identified uh, kind of those long-term things that we want to be working at and then, then set up some some short-term items that we'll, we'll target. Um, but one of the long-term things is, is that continue to build that, that culture, um, uh, our, our department culture with a focus on that employee development, uh, right? Kind of identify these these long-term ways of, of, uh, and, and plans of, of things that we can keep doing that, that'll continue to, to grow, uh, um, grow our employees and, and, uh, and, and, and help, help them, uh, kind of develop. Like I alluded to earlier, if, uh, you know, we have to have a big focus on our employees. They're the ones who get the work done. Uh, they're the ones who make us, uh, uh I've always like said, um, you know, the positions I've been in and, 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 uh, the opportunities I've gotten have been mostly because of the people that I've gotten to work with. And uh, so anything we can do to help and, and move that forward is uh, is something we're going to focus on. But again, that's kind of a long-term goal because it's something we continue to grow. That leadership team pro, the leadership uh, development that I talked about with the supervisors is something that we started um, when I was here before. 
uh, roughly eight years ago. And that's an ongoing process. So that's we want to kind of continue to develop a few a few more of those things and uh, and keep those going. Um, obviously, you know, continued improvements in in uh, safety and uh, uh, and reliability. Uh, you know, we've got uh, some long term reliability goals, improvements we want to do uh, in, that you know build on different things, different things uh, improvements we want to put build throughout the system that are going to take several years uh, to build out. Um, uh, and that includes then our, our, our vegetation management and, and how we're, how we're dealing with that. That's, it's always, it's always ongoing work, but there's some things that we've changed over the last few years that, um, uh, that will help us with, with our long-term reliability. Um, and then, uh, uh, I mentioned is a short-term goal is get that, our clean energy roadmap done, but the long-term goal is then start moving towards that, that clean energy future. Um, and uh, and start adopting and adapting to those ideas that we've identified. Um, I think we're going to be very prepared to, to to pivot and move as as uh, kind of the industry goes, uh, and as as different technologies come on board. Um, but you know our our focus is going to be to to stay to be reliable, safe, and and cost effective <clears throat> uh, while we're moving that clean energy plan. Um, we uh. You know, we, we don't want to lose focus of, of all those things because because uh, they're all they're all important as to uh, how we operate. Um, so that that's really the, the biggest the, the kind of a uh, the long term things that I'm I'm looking at was really the, the the most concrete one being the clean energy plan. Once we've got that down on paper, then we'll start moving in that direction. Like I said, it, it's uh, we technologies aren't there, so um, yet but uh if we don't have those targets out in front of us uh you know you can't you can't start aiming at anything great well tony thanks again so much for this great conversation today obviously we covered a lot of topics um and as with um pretty much all my guests uh, i always extend an open invitation to to come back and, and be a guest on the podcast at some point and and based on our conversation today I'm sure there's a lot of things that we could circle back to and, and see where things are at, starting with the you know, energy plan. So thanks again for taking the time. Absolutely. Thank you. And yeah, thanks for this opportunity. Uh, yeah, I love, love being able to share some of the things that we're doing here at the city. Look forward to, uh, to visiting with you again. Thank you.